In 2022, a pair of former ballplayers and a talented young broadcaster were tasked with creating a college football podcast. These men promptly escaped into the mountains of West Virginia and got to work. If you want top-level football analysis, off-topic stories, and locker room humor, you're in the right place. You are in the gun. Gun episode 16, the Jared Brown episode. It's your new favorite WVU football podcast. Wesley Euler with the best teammates in the business. The signal caller, Jed Drenning, the runaway beer truck himself, Owen Schmidt. We're going to do a little Baylor preview for you here on this episode. It's been a while since we've had a game. It was weird this past weekend with uh, with the bye week. But gentlemen, we we didn't have any Mountaineer action this past Saturday. But if you're watching along on YouTube, on our YouTube page, In the Gun Podcast, you can see we did get some merch. Finally, we've been teasing it. We've been talking about it. Our friends at High Street Print Shop. Owen looks like he feels left out right now, Big O. Uh, pretty, pretty nice. Uh, pretty UPS, nice here, man. <laughs> I sent it to the U.S. Postal Service. The USPS. Come on, Jed. That's a slap in the face. By design. Yeah, by design. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Old, old locker room, buddy. <laughs> itgfootball.com if you want to get you some itg merch big shout out to high street prints highstreetprintshop.com that is where you can get you maybe what you'll see Owen, there you the only thing i'll website, add Owen. again we we met with them last week uh got pricing aligned expenses aligned everything else uh what you see there there'll be more stuff coming as well we're going to continue to populate it with more cool stuff matter of fact if you guys have some ideas shoot them back at us uh, on Twitter at Trucker the, Hat, the Gun Podcast. So oh, we got we the got Trucker, trucker Hat up by request. Owen, so you'll find it there. <laughs> ITGfootball.com, right in the shop. I love it. I love it. We're looking good. Owen might not have a shirt, but I've got Owen on the back of my shirt. So <laughs> we're rocking and we're rolling. This episode, episode 16 of ITG, is brought to you by our new friends at Bet Online. Folks, football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. Find the latest odds, matchup information, player news, game trends, and more at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like football, Major League Baseball, MMA, tennis, boxing, hockey starts next week, and even golf as well, too. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Gentlemen, we put up a poll you know, uh, Jed mentioned the uh, the In the Gun podcast. At In the Gun podcast is where you can find us on Twitter. We have a weekly poll for you. This one bought, brought to you by our friends at GoMart Stores. Which Big 12 underdog do you give the best chance to pull an upset this week? Kansas, plus seven, at Oklahoma, with the winner 
uh, is the winner in our poll there as Owen's pulling up the results for you. 43% of the vote there for the Jayhawks. Uh, WVU comes in second, plus three and a half against Baylor, of course, on Thursday night. Uh, under the lights there, striped a stadium game in Morgantown. Oklahoma State plus four at TCU uh, in third. And then Iowa State plus 14 and a half, barely getting any of the vote at Texas. Jed, you surprised as me that Oklahoma State's four-point underdogs against TCU. I'm, I'm not buying that, man. A little bit. Uh, you know, again, I think there are some deficiencies on that second and third level of that Oklahoma State defense. Now, we, we know how nasty that, that uh, D-line is. Uh, we know how battle-tested and how deep they are, but they've kind of been exposed among their linebackers and in the secondary a little bit. And I think maybe they think Sonny Dykes might have something up for them, but uh, that's, I, I'm a little surprised. Yeah, I, I, I almost thought that would be kind of a pick em type deal, but – but I think that's what they're looking at. You know, you got Quentin Johnston and, and TCU has some weapons with Max Duggan playing pitch and catch. And maybe that's what they're looking at. It's a home game in Fort Worth. I mean, that place can have an atmosphere when things are going like they're going right now for TCU. So maybe that's what they're looking at. Uh, I mean, it, there were some surprising lines across yeah. the league. I mean, obviously the Kansas line, I don't think a lot of people saw coming. I'm still looking for an update on Jalen Daniels, right? I mean, you think if anything would impact that line in Norman uh, or the outcome of that game between the Jayhawks and the Sooners, wow, would be that. Now, now again. Hey, you know, second he, stringer came in and did some he came damage. In. I mean, he did, he, he, the he biggest did a good difference job. He did. You know, he's, he's pitching all around the yard. But what he lacks, and he's also an athletic kid, but what he lacks, he's not that smooth operator in the option game that has become such a dynamic part. He's yeah. a different kind of athletic. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yep. I mean, Jalen Daniels is a magician in that option game. And yeah. that's really the straw that stirs that Kansas offense. So, uh, yeah, he did play well, Owen. You're right. Uh, I think – but I, I haven't seen any updates. So, stay tuned on that one. Man, not to get sidetracked here, but last night, uh, Baltimore. You want to see the option game happen, brother. Uh-huh. Lamar Jackson, brother. Lamar Jackson at the end of the game. I mean, wow. I mean, think about it. It wasn't that long ago. We wow. never we never dreamed we'd see that type of football in the NFL. That he style is, of football. Owens, Owens, you know, Owens definition well of dynamic. Too, with Jalen oh, yeah. Hurts. Jalen oh, yeah. Hurts right now. They're not yep. quite to yep. Lamar and the Ravens level, but pretty, pretty yep. close. Same stratosphere. You know, maybe same yep. church, different pew there. Yeah. Um, and then we all know what Josh Allen and, and the Buffalo Bills can do, although they do it a little bit differently there. Yeah, no, it's 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 an interesting time in that regard, without a doubt. Uh, you know, speaking of the NFL here, Owen, nice transition by you, actually, as we hit some headlines here before we go to our first break. Matt Rule out after two and a half years in Carolina. Um, I was a little surprised. Thought he was going to be the right hire down there. Um, I don't think it's too much of a premature decision for the Panthers, although, whew! Tell you what, they are on the hook for a lot of money. Ooh. Uh, 40, 40 big ones in the ballpark of that, right? I mean, these contracts, there's so much dead money. I mean, I, I saw something last week talking about it was something in the ballpark of $530 million in dead money in college sports. In other words, by dead money, of course, we're talking about paying coaches to not coach, whether that's football or that's men's basketball. Uh, across the board that that over half a billion dollars in dead money i mean it, it's just getting insane <laughs> but hey more power to him maybe now i'll take the auburn job and get more dead money <laughs> so, you know, whoever that's going to be when brian harson is fired 
you know, because he's going to be paid to go off into the sunset at some point soon. So here we go. Jed, Jed, my favorite conspiracy theory I saw already today was that Auburn was going to pry away James Franklin from Penn State and that Penn State's going to hire Matt Rule. Because I saw he, that mentioned. They were saying how much better fit it would be, Franklin at Auburn. A, First of all, is anybody a good fit at Auburn? Is there a such thing as a good fit at Auburn? I, I don't know. If you'd ask Auburn, the answer is probably no. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, the only reason no, you take that job is to get a big payout when you know you'll be fired in two or three years. So. Any, you know, it could be Auburn, could be Nebraska. Um, who knows, you know, what Wisconsin, um, if they're going to stick with Mr. Leonard or if they're going to open up, you know, this this thing as well. I know it was uh, Northwestern, but Jimmy got it done. Jimmy and the boys it got it oh, done. Okay. They got it done. I, I, I'll, I'll make this prediction for you. I don't think Matt Rule is going to be out of coaching too long, unless he wants to be, of course. Um, turn things around at Temple pretty quick, at Baylor, obviously. He'll, he'll get another collegiate job pretty quick if he wants. If he doesn't, though, he can just sit there for the next – four years and collect his $835,000 a month that the Panthers yeah, buy, will be paying him for the buy next a couple 48 islands. months. One of the Atlantic, best, one of the Pacific. Split best, gig, the best gig in America, gentlemen. Great agent. A fired football coach is the best gig in America. Yeah. Great agent, yeah. no doubt. Great agent. No doubt, no doubt. Final headline here. Uh, we got a start time for the, uh, the Texas Tech game down there in Lubbock. 3 p.m. kickoff on October 22nd? 23rd. Yeah. Whatever the 20, Saturday is next Saturday. Twenty third, I think. No, it would be the twenty. It'd be the twenty second. Be the twenty second. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that'll be a three p.m. kickoff Eastern time. Of course, two o'clock local there in Lubbock for for Jed and the gang. And of course, that's the last time I wanted selfishly because I'll be on a plane to Miami to watch the Steelers get their butts kicked by the Miami Dolphins on Sunday mm-hmm. Night Football. Uh, but we'll have to watch that one. I'll, I'll catch the fourth quarter when we land, and then uh, then I'll watch it back on replay. Of course, for I was the hoping for, the, for an for eleven kick out there yeah. new here. Uh, this is meeting us halfway, I guess. I guess that's meeting it halfway. Yeah, I guess you won't be home quite at five in the morning, but still, that'll be uh, two or three. <laughs> still, yeah, still, still a little, a little later than we would all like. We're gonna get to our first break here, and we come back on the other side. We'll catch up with our buddy Sean Mariner, our WVU athletics insider, as this episode of ITG rolls along. Game day got you on the go. We get it. GoMart is here to keep you going all season long with stores throughout our home state. We're a proud West Virginia-owned company, and our friendly staff is committed to serving our communities. From fuel to freshly brewed coffee and snacks, a stop at GoMart to cover your game day needs is always a touchdown. Plus, GoMart Rewards members earn points with each purchase to redeem for discounts on gas and free items. So stop by, start saving, and stay on the go with GoMart. Back in the gun, and here in our second segment, three become four. We only have one friend on this show. His name is Sean Mariner, WVU Athletics, the video czar. Uh, you might know him as Big Daddy. What's up, cousin? I, I'd like to ask everybody to not judge Wes, Jed, and Owen for me being their only friend on the show. They have much better friends out in the real world. For some reason, they've just chosen to lower their standards for this program and allow me into it. That's all. Never First say that all, again. Never say that again. Second of all, it's program, okay? Program. My apologies. We're we're running this program like we're a deep south football coach. Monday night football, not Monday. 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 Monday night football. All right, Sean, before we look forward, it's always fun to look back, right? Um, We did our Texas recap last week. Jed said, you know, the Salt Lick barbecue was about the only positive he took from that trip. 
Mm-hmm. Please tell me you at least got some deliciousness to share with us as well. I did not partake in the Salt Lick because it's been a while since I've been there. That said, the place that we went to, top five road trip meal of all time for me Ooh. in Round Rock. It was out of this world. What was it you're called? Gonna, you're gonna drop? Yeah, I was gonna say you're gonna drop the. I can't even remember. I can't remember the name off the top. It wasn't of my that head. good. It wasn't it, that good then. Oh, and, okay. So let me tell you this: uh, bacon wrapped quail, okay. unreal. Whoa. Bacon wrapped quail, top notch. Homemade onion rings with a uh, pineapple tequila glaze. Yeah, boy. Steak with some corn chowder crab. I got the shrimp, of course, and a cheese grit cake. A plus. We had a waitress who had a um, a trainee with her. Right. We're talking. Obviously, I'm looking at the dessert menu. Creme brulee, I am going to get almost every time it's on a menu. And I tell that to her, maybe some more colorful language that's not fit for the children on the program. And the guy that she's with looks at me and says, get the bread pudding. Round Rock Donuts is famous out there, right? They make a bread pudding out of the glazed donuts. And I go, yeah, he goes, that bread pudding, and then use some language that immediately made me go, yeah, whatever he said, add it onto the bill. I want it right now. And you it told was me the name. diabetes on a plate and was one of the sexiest things I've ever eaten. For I hate bread pudding. I don't like it. I devoured it all. They make it out of out of round rock donuts. Glazed so donuts, donuts and round rock donuts are two staples out there, guys. But that's wow. pretty cool. Yeah. I like it was that. Unreal. I'm in a okay. told me the name of it. Listening. I don't remember. You yeah. told me the name like when I saw you after. Oh, I said the name a million times. And then yeah. I think I just I whitewashed it after what happened in Texas. I think but it was meal, Arby's. We had the roast beef. Arby. Oh wow. Listen, they got rid of the they got rid of the potato cakes, so Arby's is dead to me. <laughs> Sean, dead. you said you said top five meal. Yes. How many of those five have come in the great state of Texas? Ooh, that's a good question. You go to Hard Eight, Big Daddy? I've never been to Hard Eight. That's the one in place. I've been to Dallas a few times, but never been there. Hard Eight Barbecue in Fort Worth. That's what everybody says. Triple J Chop House and Brewery in Lubbock is just like a beer and steak joint. That's that's one of the top five all time. Ooh, I'd probably say three out of the five. Kansas barbecue. I mean, you can't beat Kansas barbecue. So you've done Eskimo Joe's. I haven't done. Oh that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We did Eskimo Joe's, and it's, it's just like a little yeah. beer joint. Like the the fries and cheese were good, but I just go and get cups and shirts from there and come on back. That's like the uh, the fishbowl of Stillwater. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. Much. Like that, you know? Yeah, but Quick. fishbowl's got good wings, bud. Oh, I'm, I, I'm working on ranch. a fishbowl bloat right now. Cowboy Ranch Buffalo Chicken Wrap and brought twelve Listen. home for Shelby. <laughs> I'll say this now. Any of our listeners of the podcast, all right, if you're going to be in Morgantown on Thursday for the Baylor game, I will be at the Fishbowl about 2 o'clock, 2.30 at the latest to start Which my one? day. Which one uh, last? Evansdale, Evansdale. Evansdale. Okay, that's yeah, Just because we have, we, have, we have a group of like uh, uh-huh. six of us going, okay. so it'll just be easier to. Uh-huh. A three-minute walk uh-huh. in that direction right there. So your fat buddy stumbled Funny. home from there a few times. How long? How long? How long? Three-minute walk. No, how long? You'll oh. be there. That's way How long will I be there? Morning. Yes, Wes. Up until the lots open at five o'clock. Yeah, and then <sighs> I'll be then I'll be off to the Peach Lot where we have our parking passes. Come on up, Schmitty. Uh, see. Come on, come on, cut. See. I got an extra ticket for you if you uh if you want one. Now the yeah. new Evansdale one, the Evansdale one does not have yeah, coasters. On the no, I know they had those little like plates. plates yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of. So- I think my friend Stephanie's still working over there. I think she manages over there, I think. I don't know. So you got the connection already. There's no excuse. I don't know if she's still there, though. It's been a while. It's been a while. Well, I mean, gotta I have you got you to you gotta make, the, make the trip on Thursday. And I just make bad decisions when I'm in Morgantown. It's kind of like, okay. uh, you don't have to be in Morgantown. Morgantown. 
don't we all? But I really make bad decisions because I revert back to those years, yep. you know. Yep. You know. Everybody's. Owen, you know. we'll make bad decisions together. Two negatives and makes a positive. Okay. That's we probably won't make it to the game though. But uh, yes. <laughs> Jed and I will do the recap for you guys. Don't worry. There, <laughs> there we go. That's right. There we go. I don't remember anything that happened. What was the final score again? Uh, is the, do a recap to, after the game. I meant to ask yeah. this to Jed. Texas, uh, Texas have good, good, uh, good press box food, good media meal. It's it's kind of the same every time, isn't it, Big Daddy? They don't it's change the it exact up. Exact same. I'm I'm upset. I missed it. Okay, Texas's press box is so old. It it defies explanation. Yeah. It is Jed's, old. Jed's, it is grimy. Jed's laid that out. Yeah, not great. But the meal, you have to walk down a really creepy hallway, mm-hmm. turn right, and all of a sudden you're in a classroom because they used to have classes in that stadium. First, you like, got to pass a bathroom right against it. Right, yes. Dad. There's a bathroom right there. So it's every- desks like old school elementary school desks where I can't fit in because they didn't have the fat boys. Where they're, it's like pressing into my stomach so that I can sit at one of them. But it is the sexiest Mexican food that you will have on the road. They have a green chili, a salsa verde with pork chunks in it that I would just drink. It was incredible. Sean Walker, our video coordinator, was just dangling it over my – came down immediately. was like, can you smell Uh, it on me? Like I was just up there eating. (laughs) They took the desks out. Now it's just tables, buffet style, and you walk in and kind of leave. I mean, I – Unless oh. they tucked him in the corner, I was kind of in a hurry to get in and get out. But can I? Can I tell you how disappointed I was. I was. I was obviously in Buffalo yesterday, Sunday, depending on when everybody's listening to this with the you know with the with the Steelers broadcast and everything. No wings at the media meal in Buffalo. None. What, what, what are we doing? No wings. Wow. Now they did have Tim Hortons coffee, which is okay. Like my, so that made it up for you, I know. Which I I, I freaking love Tim Hortons coffee. So that that made it up. No for wings me. in Buffalo. No wings, that's weird. Yeah. No wings in Buffalo. So far, Jacksonville by far. This is my first year traveling with the team. Jacksonville by far the best media meal. Huge taco bar spread. And, really. And a soft serve station. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Worst, we were talking today. Worst was worst was Cincinnati. It, it was like it was yeah. skyline chili dogs, but the hot dogs were like they were like three no. inches. No, right. they, weren't even, they weren't even. They weren't even. You like a big dog. I like a big dog in my mouth. Jed, Sean Walker, and I you were actually talking about this today. Best press box food on the road in the Big Twelve. Stillwater. You think Stillwater because the barbecue? I now ice cream, Manhattan, Kansas State for me by my. They they have their 4-H, their FFA. Every game's different. They've got like a lamb that they raise, they slaughter, and they cook for the media. That's cool. it's very insidious. They put this bottomless ice cream ice cream freezer. Yep. Right by the visiting radio booth. Name a tree design. They want to paralyze us. The only time in my life I've ever had Choco Tacos, RIP, are in Manhattan because they're just stacked to the top. And And then on top of that, their (laughs) local creamery and dairy farm on campus makes their milk, chocolate milk, and strawberry milk. It's absolutely incredible. It's a neat place. Oh, it's wonderful. It's a neat place. Now you're talking. A neat place is Morgantown on a Thursday night on game day. And I'm thinking, Sean, I know you could speak to this really well, obviously, Jed, you you too, but in a weird sicko way, you know, with with, with the team coming off a, a tough loss in Texas and being two and three right now, yeah, I would love it if us and Baylor were both ranked and it was going to be, you know, over 60,000 people there and it was going to be an electric atmosphere. But at the same time, I love these Thursday games yeah. when there might only be 40,000-ish people there 
because the people that are going to be there on Thursday to watch a two and three WVU team in crappy rainy weather that it's supposed to be are going to be the people who really bleeping care the diehard and those are my like the Iowa State game last year was my favorite game last year by far because there were 43,000 people there and everybody had written the season off and and WVU wins and it's like the 43,000 biggest WVU fans I love those games I really do and how loud was it with just those so, 43,000? So, so loud. Like, she gonna get loud Thursday for some of the moments. I like, think it was, louder than the, it was louder than the Virginia Tech game, the Iowa State yeah. game last year, I think. Also, yeah. There were 15,000 less people there. Yep. Yeah, I was going to say, we often talk about the gold standard being the 03 Virginia Tech game on the Wednesday night mm-hmm. when we were two and four. They were number three in the country. That wasn't a sellout. That was not a sellout. No. Yeah. That wasn't a sellout. You know? That was, that was my freshman year. That I mean, we talked about it before. That was... That was it. Like that was, that's when, like, I think some of the stuff that I try to do in the games, especially for night games, like comes from that because that was my freshman year seeing what it was like to be, do a night game. And I can still remember moments that we did. And like, that's the stuff that mattered. That was the, uh, please turn off the sound amplification device. Cause we used to have the speakers in the end zone that Chris O turned into a video, like a hype video for when we need to make noise. You know what I mean? A la, like a la DKR. Yeah. Oh yeah. boy. Speakers for days on that field. How intolerable was that last week? I I will say the one thing that I appreciate, they're going to leave the speakers down there, but they've at least turned them around to face the stands now rather than point out towards the field because enough teams have complained and like lodged complaints with the Big 12. They had to turn them around so that it bounces back to the fans. I mean, it doesn't help that much, but it's still. It's brutal. It's crazy. And it's wild because they had, what, 100,000 there, Jed? Did you get final thousand? Officially, they said a hundred thousand and change. I'm not sure it was that, but you know what? It was high nineties. It was more than I expected. Yeah. And I mean, the place was packed. But there are times like my sister was there with my cousins. They were texting me from the nosebleeds and everything. I think they went up twenty eight to nothing, and the place wasn't that loud. And my sister was like, "Is everything okay? Like, is this how it? Yeah. Like, they're they're very much a crowd that they're there. They show up, but they they there's not much interaction. Like, they're loud for when the play happens, but they don't yeah. carry it over. No, they don't." They don't. Interesting. They, they were saving between the plays. They were saving their they were saving their voices for that cotton bowl beatdown of, of Oklahoma. Just this, a this brutalization. My goodness. How about some humble pie down Ooh. there at the Texas Fair for Sooner yeah. Nation? Uh Sean, last one I've got for you, buddy. Uh stripe the stadium. Yeah. Is that your favorite promotion? Uh you a true blue guy? You a gold rush guy? You like it just when it's a smattering of randomness? I, I appreciate the gold rush. I truly do. And it, it looks pretty good on camera. Your fat buddy does not wear gold because I'm not trying to look like a school bus most of the time. So so gold rush is done for me. Now, true blue, I enjoy. Obviously, I'm always wearing the blue. But I tell you what, a good strike the stadium, like when it's a good day, that thing looks nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 2012 Baylor. Yeah, yeah like that's the gold oh, standard. Like that thing standard. looks yeah. awesome. It sure does. You guys, uh, you guys got any more for Big Daddy, or is our time coming to a close? Did you leave Austin with anything other than the most sour of tastes, or anything other than the food? Anything no. about the environment, Big Daddy? It was no, because I was gonna say even even at the end of the game, like while I'm you know packing up press conference and all that stuff, it was gonna come back to like we had the free bird burritos post game meal was actually really good, like that satiated a little bit, but other than that, no. No, tough, tough locker room post game. A lot of, lot of yeah. silence on the bus and on the plane. Yeah. 
especially with what was going on with CJ and yeah. this and and I'm you guys have talked about it. We don't need that's the scariest thing I've ever seen on the yeah. field. Like I I was out on the field. I know I probably should not have been. I you know I'm not part of the team like that, but I was just so I was just so tense and nervous that I just found myself floating out yeah. there. But saw him today walking around the facility upright. Said yeah. hello. Was talking yeah. to people. Obviously, coach said he's not going to play, but like. Hey, Sean, how are you? I'm like, oh, CJ, thank you. I love you so much. I love you. That's what we like to hear. That's why we have our buddy, Big Daddy, Sean Mariner on, our insider, giving us the feel good before we let him get out of here. Uh, thanks as always, buddy. And no to all of our loyal ITG listeners on Twitter, at Big Daddy Mariner, if you, uh, you want to join in on the on the, uh, the the fun and games that is uh, that is our buddy Sean Mariner. We're going to take a break here. When we come back on the other side, we make predict- predictions and projections every single week. We'll take a look and see how we did last week. You are in the gun. I'm talking with J.R. Toothman of Toothman Ford. J.R., everybody knows a lot of pro athletes buy from you. What's the secret? Just like Will Greer, future Hall of Famer Frank Gore, James Washington, and many more pros, these guys have financial advisors that are always looking out for them to save time and money, and that's why they always shop at Toothman Ford. And what if you're like us regular folks that don't have people giving us advice? You don't need a financial advisor. Toothman Ford will save you time and money no matter who you are. Plus, we'll buy your car even if you don't buy from us. Visit ToothmanFord.com and get a quick, instant cash offer. That sounds like a score to me. That's right. And as always, we'll take anything in trade from chicken wings to Super Bowl rings. Toothman Ford's got a lot of fans. Here's another one. Dallas Cowboys QB, Will Greer. This is Will Greer, former West Virginia and current NFL quarterback. And cars really do cost less than Grafton at Toothman Ford. That's a fact, Will. Thanks. You can shop online anytime at ToothmanFord.com. Back in the gun here, time for a little predicting and projecting and seeing how we did last week. We'll start with a little what Vegas thinks we think we think. Preview some of the marquee matchups uh, across college football this weekend and, of course, in the Big 12 Conference. Jed, for the second straight week, another uh, jam-packed, just absolutely uh, scintillating slate here on Saturday of top 25 mm-hmm. games. couple top 10 matchups in the Big 10. In the SEC, uh, a big early season Pac-12 clash as well, too. Uh, run the people through the gambit here. How are we feeling about some of these games in the top 25 this weekend? Yeah, we picked four that we're going to project in the top 25, starting off with a big showdown in the SEC. Alabama, after surviving Jimbo and the Aggies on Saturday night in Tuscaloosa, they head to Rocky Top to face unbeaten Tennessee, Bama is a seven and a half point favorite. Again, these lines fluctuate throughout the week, but when we pegged this, it was seven and a half over under the mid sixties. We project a Bama win 35, 28, but anything goes there. Uh, Penn state, Michigan and Ann Arbor, Penn state is a seven point underdog. uh, And we are going to project a 28, 21 Michigan victory over Penn state. And then we have USC, Utah. Actually, Utah is a three and a half point favorite. We're projecting a 31 27, excuse me, a 31 27 Utah win. And then we have Syracuse and NC State, the Fighting Gibbies, headed to the Carrier Dome or whatever dome they're calling it now. Yeah. And cellular, uh, wireless, something dome. Yeah, it changes every time I turn around. Uh, so Syracuse actually favored by five. We're projecting a 24 20 type 
Syracuse win, but the fighting Gibbies might go up there and pull one off. Oh, they certainly might. I'm listen, I'm excited for Saturday. You know, we'll we'll get the Baylor game out of the way on Thursday and then Saturday. Uh, like I said, a, a, a really jam-packed slate of good games across the uh, the top 25. And I think the same in the Big 12 as well, too, Jed. Kansas yeah. versus Oklahoma, that feels like a big make-or-break for both of those teams. Can Texas keep it rolling? Oklahoma State, TCU. What do you got for our Big 12 projections this week? Yeah, when you pull up those projections, uh, a lot was made, as we mentioned earlier, that Kansas is a pretty heavy dog heading to Norman. Uh, as Oklahoma seems to be imploding, Kansas uh, seems to have found themselves. Uh, again, the question is, what's up with Jalen Daniels, the starting quarterback for the Jayhawks? Uh, Oklahoma, six-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, we project a 35-30. Again, this isn't a prediction. It's a projection. 35-30 Oklahoma win based on the point spread and the over-under. Uh, and then we have Iowa State heading to DKR to face the Longhorns. Uh, Texas favored by 14 and a half over under 50. We're looking at a projection of 31-17 Longhorns over the Clones. And then finally, a big showdown in Fort Worth at Amon G. Carter Stadium at TCU. Unbeaten Oklahoma State at unbeaten TCU. TCU favored by three and a hook somewhere in that ballpark. Again, these things fluctuate, expecting a lot of points in the high 60s for the over-under. We're looking at a projection of TCU 35-31, something like that, over Oklahoma State. So those are our projections. Now for the predictions that we made last week. We each make one every single week. Signal caller of the week, beer truck of the week, defense of the week. Jed, how'd we do? All right, you're about to see here in just a bit our first scorecard of the season. Right, right, Owen? He's all proud. I like this. I project, or I picked uh, Spencer, excuse me, I picked uh, Spencer Sanders to throw for the most yards in the Big 12. Spencer Sanders actually finished third. Baron Morton, in his debut start, redshirt freshman for Texas Tech, led the way with 379 yards, leading all Big 12 passers followed by Max Duggan at 308. And again, Spencer Sanders, who I picked, finished number three. Owen, beer truck. I think somebody had – I think somebody is on a on a heater here. At two in a row? Two in a row. I tell you what, Big O. Big money for Big O. Bijan. Bijan Mustardson down there running wild in the Cotton Bowl. 130 yards for Bijan, Owen. No big deal. Uh, thank you, Wes. No big deal. Wasn't close. For that really? gimme pick. Close. I appreciate that, sir. Hey, He's the only guy that people, went over 100. That's people helping people, big right, Big O? Yep, Pull it yep. up. We'll take a quick yep. look. Yep, yep. Hendre yep. Miller, Devin Neal, both 88 yards. Nobody else went over 100. Yep. Bijan was the only one at a buck 30. So, yep, went over the century mark there. Good. Two in good. a row for Big O. You know it. You know it. Big, big, two big weeks in a row for Big O, and I think it was a strong performance by all of us. We're all, you know, we're all standing on the podium here getting medals, right? We, well, Jed, let's let's be real, okay? Let's get real for you a won second. The gold, okay? all right, settle down. No, no, no. Jed wanted this point system, okay? Jed wanted this point oh, system because you said let's if get Jed, real, I thought I thought Jed, you were going to tell if we didn't, I talked you out of taking this ball and ran for twenty three yards. If left. we didn't, <laughs> if we didn't do this point system, okay, 
<laughs> Jeffy said with a big fat goose egg, son. But yeah, you said get real. I <laughs> hey, thought you were going to tell everybody hey, how you picked real. Goose Bar <laughs> last week and I talked <laughs> you out of it. <laughs> you barely talked me out of it. <clears throat> oh, so Jed, his pick finishes third. Owen nails it with B. John Robinson. And, uh, and I finished third as well, too. I had Iowa State. We'll pull up the graphic now. Is my defense of the week. Uh, they allowed 10 points, which is pretty solid, but that's third in the conference. Nine points allowed by Kansas State against Iowa State. And then, of course, the shutout by the Longhorns. Tough to beat a shutout, man. Down in the Cotton Bowl. It's tough to give up less points than zero. I don't know if yeah. I've ever seen that done before. Um, and now for the uh, aforementioned, right? That's the correct verbiage there, right? I'm trying to use a big yes, fancy word. Uh, the scorecard that uh, that Jed came up with us this week. How's that looking, partner? Through uh, through week six, we got big O in the lead. Let's pull it up. Nineteen oh, wow. oh. points to eighteen to eleven. Oh wow! And if you look on the left, here's the scoring system. You're rewarded pretty heavily for hitting mm. first place, mm. Mm. and then if you finish in the top five, you get something. Or if you finish like mm. twelve, <clears> like Owen did a couple weeks ago, you don't get anything. <clears throat> But uh, <laughs> right, it was, I, I'd still I'd still be leading the show here. Okay, so I don't no know about that. Well, Jeff, Wes bro. would be leading the show. I was gonna say I think I'd Wes have you by a couple points. Listen, yeah, you Wes would be leading. Okay, yeah. Jed would be still sitting at a big fat goose egg. Okay, uh-huh. all right. Uh-huh. And hey, Schmidt hey, still Schmidt still on the board. Last, baby. Yeah, if, you ain't, if you ain't first, boy, you laugh. And guess this what, is- Jed. You can win first next week, and you'll still be last. This is on tape, all right? So here we go. Right. you still be last, Jed. you still be last. <laughs> and now for the predictions that we will make for this week, week yes. seven edition here. Jed, who's your signal caller of the week? Uh, I'm going to go. We're talking about this shootout at Eamon G. Carter in Fort Worth. I'm going to go with Max Duggan. I think I there's like some it. opportunities in the air against that Oklahoma State defense. And I think Max Duggan and uh, that crew of playmakers and uh, and folks that he has on the perimeter for the Horn Frogs are going to make some plays. And I'm going to go with him to throw for the most yards in the Big 12 against Oklahoma State this weekend. Owen, we've won two games in a row. If we get one more, that's called a winning streak. It has been done before, Major League. <laughs> He's uh, on fire. That's me. About to be Devin Neal, son. Okay. Ooh. With Mr. Daniels on the brink here, we don't know what's going to happen. Hope he gets well. Hope he gets there back soon. Okay. But they're playing a uh, pretty wounded Oklahoma team right now, and he's been kind of quiet this season. So I'm expecting a big day out of the horse. I like it. I like it. I'm expecting a big day out of the Longhorns defense. That's where I'm going here. Um, Iowa State's just struggled to score points all year. A lot of low-scoring games. Uh, they're struggling on offense. They're struggling on special teams even when they get into range. Uh, missing, what was it, four field goals in, in one game the other week, I think it was. Uh, so fresh off that massive performance, uh, I guess both against our Mountaineers and their their hated rivals, the Oklahoma Sooners, I will go with the Texas Longhorns as my Big 12 defense of the week. That's it for our projections and our predictions. We're going to take a break here. When we come back, we will get uh, deep diving into our Baylor preview. Who's got the edge in the air? Who's got the edge on the ground, on special teams, in intangibles? We will discuss when we return in the gun after these words from our friends at Toothman Ford. 
Game day got you on the go? We get it. GoMart is here to keep you going all season long with stores throughout our home state. We're a proud West Virginia-owned company, and our friendly staff is committed to serving our communities. From fuel to freshly brewed coffee and snacks, a stop at GoMart to cover your game day needs is always a touchdown. Plus, GoMart Rewards members earn points with each purchase to redeem for discounts on gas and free items. So stop by, start saving, and stay on the go with GoMart. ITG, it's time for a Baylor preview here as we gear up for Thursday night at Milan Pushkar Stadium, 7 o'clock against the Bears. If you've been rocking and rolling with us through our uh, our first 15 episodes here, um, we uh, we do this the same as we start our previews. Who's got the edge in the air, on the ground, special teams, intangibles. You know what, Big O, why don't you lead us off here on this one, huh? Who's got the edge in the air? Um, pretty sure I picked uh, WVU. You did. And well, you gonna you gonna go you gonna turn on the graphics guy now? Well, I here's what I'm gonna say. Here's what I'm gonna say. It's now or never. Okay, let's get this ship righted. Okay, we need a big play out of uh, out of Bryce, right? All the all the all our receiving core. We need a big play. We, we need uh we need JT to come up huge this week. I think uh, this buy was was well needed. Uh, it was it was good timing, and uh, yeah, I hope they I hope they're gonna get it done, man. I I feel I'm feeling like we're going to. I'm feeling it. I'm trying to feel it. I'm trying to get that spirit, right? I feel like I even want to come to the game. That's how much I'm feeling it right now. Because yeah. I want to chug a couple beers with Wes. Yeah. And, and maybe uh just a couple. talk a little talk a little smack to Jed because I'm no longer allowed on the sidelines because I'm a, a volunteer head coach in the uh SACC. Ooh. So I might I have I got a ticket for you. Okay. Oh, oh. All right. All right. I do. All I right. do have a ticket for All you. Right. Seriously, if you if you if you make it up, I got a ticket for you. Easy. No, I, I think we got some firepower. I think I think we're going to come to play. I think we're rested up. I think some we've licked our wounds. Uh, we're healed up. Um, you know, I just feeling it. Feeling it. Jedger. Uh, I'm going to give us the edge in the air. Uh, look at this thing, big picture. Okay. Let, let, let's talk about first of all the the evolution of the Baylor offense, okay? So Dave Aranda takes this job in 2020, right? Now, Dave Aranda came off that staff that won the national championship at LSU, and what Dave Aranda saw was an offense, high-flying as it was, that had two guys splitting duties, and Joe Brady and Steve Ensminger were splitting duties to orchestrate that whole thing. Okay, that record-setting offense they had. So he tried the same approach when he got to Waco. So what he did was he hired Larry Fedora and Jorge Munoz, and they split duties, pass game, run game coordinator, right? He hires Joe Wickline, old Mountaineer coach, well-traveled Big 12 line coach. Uh, it was a disaster in 2020. Uh, they couldn't get out of their own way. They were last in the Big 12 in rushing offense. They averaged 2.7 yards per carry. And they had one rush all season of 30 yards. So to his credit, he was willing to pull the plug, admit failure, okay, on that side of the football and say, look, I'm starting over. So what he did was he looked across the landscape 
He saw it was playing out at BYU with one of the better coached offenses in all of college football uh, with a coordinator by the name of Jeff Grimes, who was named coordinator, excuse me, assistant coach of the year, Brawls Award winner at BYU. Uh, and not just that, but his O-line coach was a guy by the name of Eric Mateos. He hired both of them, okay? And in doing so, fired Larry Fedora, fired Ray Munoz, fired Joe Wickline, started from scratch and based everything that was going to be predicated on the stretch play, on the outside zone. He was going to simplify it, okay? And that's what they ended up doing. Now, they went from having one rushing play of 30-plus yards in 2020 to having 17 last year. And in doing so, they led the Big 12 in running, which set the table for some huge plays in the pass game, which we'll get to in the next segment, okay? That's not necessarily what we've seen so far this year, okay? Last year, they had playmakers on the perimeter, speedsters like Tyquan Thornton, playmakers like R.J. Sneed, playmakers like Drew Estrada. They haven't had that this year. Now, in part... Their big playmaker, Monterey Baldwin, missed the better part of three games, and he was sorely missed. He came back last week and had seven catches for a buck 74. He's their big play guy, but they're still trying to find some rhythm. Now, Blake Chafin just threw for 345 yards. Some of that was in desperation against Oklahoma State because they were playing from a trail position. That's the most yards they've thrown for since the 354 last year against West Virginia. But that was kind of off script. I think West Virginia is going to have to find a way to run the football just enough to set the table for some plays offensively with JT Daniels. Now, they're a well-coached defensive football team as Baylor, and they keep a lid on it, often two safeties high. So it's another one of those situations, just like we talked about against Texas. JT's have to be patient. JT's have to be smart. He's going to have to be all those things. And the wideouts got to get rid of the dropsies. They got that out of their system, I hope, at DKR in Austin. I expect a big game for him, irrespective of the conditions in Morgantown. I think they're going to respond under the lights, and I give West Virginia the advantage when it comes to playing pitch and catch for those reasons. I think JT is going to rise to the occasion. And the last thing I'll mention, in a clean pocket, when you look at Blake Chafin, his rating is 91.7 for pro football focus. That's the highest among all Big 12 passers in a clean pocket. Now, when you dirty that pocket up, put him under pressure, that rating plummets to 51.8. Here are his numbers. Clean pocket, 77% completion, 8.7 yards per attempt. Under pressure, 42% completion, 5.4 yards per attempt. I think we're going to chop, chop up the front. I think that Dante and company are going to, again, respond under the lights. We're going to put him under just enough duress that we're going to see a little bit of the black, bad Blake more so than the good Blake. And I'm going to give West Virginia the advantage through the air. Oh, and I got to learn to stop. I do this all the time. I have to follow up Jed, and it's just like, <laughs> I mean, you talk about touching all the bases. My goodness, he hits the grand slam every single time. Uh, I'll make it a clean sweep here. I'll go WVU in the air as well, too. Everything that Jed just said. Um, both of these secondaries have had their struggles so far to this point this season. Um, I, I give us the advantage because I think JT Daniels a little bit more poised little bit more talent and uh like you said as well too jed i i think the wide receiver group is is primed for a bounce back week this week they had a lot of success against pitt a lot of success against kansas in that loss a lot of success against Towson, obviously um virginia tech was a little bit of a mixed bag and then and then the texas game obviously as well too i i think they're poised to bounce back 
I'll go with WVU in the air. How about on the ground? Big O. Well, uh, unfortunate, right? Our horse, CJ, he's he's yeah. down. Yeah. But good news is, right, from uh, from our big daddy, right? He's given us some good, some Seems inspiring news, at least. Yeah. Inspiring news. So that's good. So I'm glad he's on the mend. Um, I think kind of what Jed was also saying um, with the pass game, I think we're going to be able to get enough done um, with Johnson, with, with uh, Mathis enough. Um, and, and who knows, we might, we might see some more uh, when CJ did go down. Uh, we had success, right? 26 ran the ball hard. Um, and I thought he did at times what he needed to get done. Uh, nothing too flashy, but just straight up good, hard running, hit the hole. Well, um, held on to the football, uh, protected it high and tight, right? Kept it, kept it alive and did what we needed to do. I think he'll be able to do that in this game. Um, and we'll be able to open that self up to, uh, to our past. But I, I, I I'm going to say Baylor probably has the advantage just because we're down a stud. Mm -hmm. um, so that kind of hurts our rotation a little bit, kind of hurts that guy who can run through the arm tackles. Um, not saying that our guys can't, they just haven't shown that much this season um, that that's their forte, right? That's who they are. So I'll, I'll give the advantage to Baylor on that just because we are down a, uh, a stud there. Jed, what do you want to tell me? What kind of Mr. numbers? Signal caller. Yes, tell us the Mr. Wizard, please. The, the only thing I would add is, again, the loss of CJ could be big. Okay, you need a next man up mentality in that room. Uh, so I expect a combination of both Mathis and Justin, and maybe even Jalen Anderson, to get some totes. Uh, let's look at the other side of the football. Let's look at Baylor trying to run the football again. This isn't the same Baylor offensive football team that it was a year ago, okay? They're not with the splash plays. They're not with the big plays. Their run game's not quite what it was. I think that Abram Smith, as their feature back, a 1,600-yard guy, converted linebacker, he kind of embodied the physicality of this reliable, violent offense that Jeff Grimes is all about, okay? He's gone. Now, Richard Reese, I think, has a tremendous – a very bright future. Okay. He's already at 400 yards. He's already at seven touchdowns. Uh, he has a case of the quicks. I mean, he's very shifty. He's very slippery, but I don't think he's mastered the nuances of that stretch play Owen quite the way that Abram Smith did. And I'm not sure he's quite as physical as Abram Smith was. Uh, now that being said, are they going to find enough of an advantage over West Virginia without CJ West Virginia? Again, remember a year ago when we went down to Waco, uh, there was a key piece missing to what we did up front offensively. Wyatt Milam didn't play. Parker Moore started in his place because Wyatt was, Wyatt was dinged up. So Wyatt Milam's going to play this year. That's going to help, obviously. Now it's strength on strength. We've heard all week about Siake, Apu, Aika, right? The 6'4", 358-pound mountain of a man that, I mean, he plays shade. He plays one. He plays three. They move him around, and he's effective against the pass. He's effective against the run. But what's unique about what they do, you heard Neil talk about in his presser this week. They'll go with a six-man box and not have to fit their safeties into the run game, okay? That puts them in position defensively. They're very effective at it, okay? So I think when you look at part of what they're going to do, 
I'm going to have to say they're going to have a slight advantage, even though they're not quite what they were a year ago running the football. And I do think we're improved. I think that chasm isn't nearly as wide separating West Virginia's run game to Baylor's run game as it was a year ago. But without CJ, it's just hard for me. When I look at Dylan Doyle, you know, Dylan Doyle was a linebacker, a very physical football IQ kind of guy. The reason he plays running back as well is because he plays with such tremendous leverage, Joe, and it's a linebacker position. And they still got a crew. Now, they might have lost some guys. They lost Terrell Bernard. He's hard to replace. He's in the NFL now. Jalen Petrie's in the NFL now. You don't replace those types of dudes. But they still got enough talent, especially in that front six, to, I think, find a way to slow us down, to have a slight advantage when you balance all this out and look at their offense, our offense, their defense, our defense, and give them a slight advantage on the ground. Played myself again. I did it again. <laughs> uh, I'm with you. The, the The absence of C.J. Donaldson combined with, I think their front six is just a, a little bit better than ours is. Uh, I will go Baylor on the ground as well, too. I'll say this, though, fellas. If there's uh, a game this season, if there's a moment this season that is crying out for Tony Mathis, it's Thursday night. Um, I think we were all very high on him coming into this season. You know, he showed some things down the stretch last year. Uh, obviously, Letty was was the dude for three straight years, but I thought last year when Tony got his opportunities, he really flashed, particularly in that Kansas game last season. We haven't quite seen that manifest this year. Now's the time, Tony Mathis. Go out there and, uh, and prove that, that all the, you know, all the expectations and all the hype that our fan base had around you coming into this season was for real, and it just took you a little little while to maybe get off the ground here. Uh, I want a big game from Tony Mathis, big game from our defensive line as well too, uh, but I will give the slight edge here as well. Not a massive advantage, but a slight edge to Baylor. So, so far we're all on the same page here, all three of us, WVU in the air, all three of us, Baylor on the ground. Jed, I'll come to you here first on this one. Uh, edge and special teams, edge of intangibles. Where are you going here to uh, to break the deadlock? Again, let's combine both special teams and intangibles. Let's start with this, the obvious. One of the reasons Baylor lost to Oklahoma State last week was its kick coverage unit, right? Uh, they gave up some big plays in the kick return game. They're actually last in the Big 12 uh, in kickoff coverage. I think if the weather is what people are suggesting in terms of being wet, it's going to be difficult for both those kickers to boot that thing out of the end zone with regularity. So you might have some opportunities for the return game. Might we see the ghost of Shelton Gibson or Winston Wright appear? Both we've, we've had some returns against these guys in recent history, right? So that's one thing to consider. Continuing with special teams, Casey Legs eight for eight on field goal attempts. Baylor has attempted three field goals all season. Okay. Hmm. I have to think there's somewhat of an edge there for West Virginia. And then when you look at the punt game, Look, I don't care about Oliver Straw's 39.9 average being the lowest in the Big 12. Why don't I care? He's only punted 13 times, and five of them have been pinned inside the 20, okay? He hasn't been worried about booting it to drive his average up. He's been doing pinpoint kicking to help pin people and help us with field position. So five of his 13 have been inside the 20. We've punted less than any team in the Big 12. Matter of fact, only six FBS teams have punted less than we had. So now you start to working toward those intangibles, okay? One final point, and I just want to toss this out there because it's an odd stat. I found myself way out in the weeds with this. Since we joined the Big 12, and I don't care, we have eight punt returns for two yards against Baylor. 
since 2012. Two yards in punt return since 2012. I don't care. That's okay. Wild. Because of all those things and more, Baylor's fourth down shenanigans. Yes, they're going to go for it anytime they get past the 30 or 40 or 50. Okay. They're 63% fourth down success, fifth in the Big 12. We're going to have some of our own fourth down shenanigans. We're 80% second in the Big 12. And then finally, West Virginia has a chance to draw even all time on games played on Thursday. We're 33 and 34. I think we're going to go to make it 34 and 34 with a slight upset. West Virginia is 20 and five on Thursday games played in Morgantown. That's an intangible. Like you said earlier, it's a big dog. I think the right 40 some odd thousand, whatever the number turns out to be, are going to be the ones who turn out, dial up the noise at the critical points in the game. And I think it's going to matter. So when it comes to special teams slash intangibles, I give an edge to West Virginia. How about that? Big O, what say you? I go against Jed. Um, Make I don't your know. Case, man. Uh, my biggest case, uh, well, you know, and I do see that. Uh, obviously, Ollie's been doing what he's, uh, you know, what he was brought here to do, right? Um, and he's been kicking well. Yet we haven't gotten in the situations where we've had to, uh, and he's got the leg. He's got the leg. So, um, you know, that's a deal. That interesting fact you said about the two net yards. That's wild. Nine years. That's wild. I mean, that's uh, pretty terrible uh, when it comes to the grand scheme of things. Um, I don't know. I, I haven't got to watch a ton of Baylor's aspect, but I know we've been pretty poor in special teams just from our side of the ball. Um, kickoff returns, we have to get better. Um, we, we have to find, find a way we got to get one in the end zone. We, we got to be able to do that. Um, I'm hoping we're going to, hopefully you got the juice this week. Hopefully we do have the juice this week. Um, Thursday nights in Morgantown, our hostel. Uh, I spent the majority of my career up there playing on Thursday nights. Um, I understand how electrifying that stadium can be. And and like you said, Wes, uh, regardless sold out or not, it's going to be the people that want to be there. So it's going to be a loud crowd regardless. Um, but I just don't see us handling business on special teams like we should, and we're already this far into the season. Uh, it's one thing to make some mistakes that we did up front. And, yeah, we cleaned them up last game a little bit, but I just don't see us there quite. I, I'm going to give the edge to Baylor because of that um salty 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 dog here but it is what it is um and i'm gonna go baylor on this one Uh and i'm gonna fly with my wingman so uh so it's so it's on me here uh i'm also gonna go slight slight but i'm gonna i'm gonna go with baylor um casey kickers right casey leg advantage wvu punters i think pretty close I, i i'd go ollie straw but i'm obviously a little biased but other than that as I thought about this, it, I just kept coming back, coming back to Baylor. Uh, like you said, Big Owen, uh, the return game hasn't been great for the Mountaineers this season. Jed, you laid out the numbers, uh, particularly historically, against this Baylor team. Um, 
And then I thought, you know, Thursday night in Morgantown, that is an intangible. It, it certainly is. I mean, Jed, you mentioned that record. That's real. And that's you said 33 and 34 yep. overall. 33 right? and 34 overall on Thursday games. We've played that many 20, Thursday games in the well, history back of the program. In the day. That's insane. Oh, yeah. Back in the day, you had barnstorming schedules, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 20 and 5 on Thursday in Morgantown. 20 and 5. I mean, that's That's, that's a impressive. big one. That's very impressive. Um I just think, too, I know it necessarily, you know, it, they're not having the type of season that they want either. But, I mean, it just is what it is, right? This group of Baylor Bears knows what it takes to win more than this group of Mountaineers do. They just do. They were the Big 12 champions last year on the final play of the game where they had to stop Oklahoma State at the goal line. And I know, as Jed rightly laid out, they lost some dudes from last year. But they still got a lot of guys there who were part of that season last year. Um, and I think – I'm gonna go. I'm just slightly gonna go Baylor here. Um, they've played in, in more big kind of these swing games than, than we have over the last year, um, and I think special teams is close. I think being at in Milan Pushkar at Mountaineer Field on Thursday night, it, like I said, that's that's tangible. I don't even know if that's an intangible. That's tangible. Um, but I just keep coming back to. It, it feels like Baylor, as of late, has won more of these again swing games. You know, your season can go one way or the other um, th than we have uh, over over the, the last, you know, calendar year or so. Uh, so, unfortunately, I'll side with Big O here, Jed, and uh, and I'll go with Baylor before as well, we, too. Not not massively, but but slightly. Before we toss the break, I want to ask Owen something. I'm putting him on the spot here. Uh, and real quickly, I, I'd say last year, what was it, five ranked teams Baylor beat. This year, not so much. Mm -hmm. uh, they really have a couple wins that are relatively unimpressive. Uh, the quality teams, they, they beat a winless, you know, in the league winless Iowa State team. Uh, so the teams that the quality teams they've showed up against have beaten them. OK, so this isn't necessarily quite yet last year's Baylor. That's to prove themselves. But Owen, what I want to ask you and this is probably the best place to ask you, because we're talking about CJ being out. And we we all said that, you know, the the advantage on the ground is going to go to Baylor. Right. Walk cool. us through the, the next man mentality. And the reason I'm asking you. I mean, again, I go back to this. I think to the Gator Bowl against Georgia Tech, and I remember Steve got hurt early. You had one of the better games of your career. You had a big run, but you were pretty consistent for the balance of four quarters. You kind of carried that load to help offset the loss of Steve and help pad out in the run game. Walk us through what that takes to really, in your situation, really in the middle of the game, to shift gears and say, all right, time to make some plays. Our guy's out. Yeah. Um, well, what's crazy is, is I had actually three uh, separated or uh, sub separated ribs from my spine that game. Um, I was, uh, I was under, actually, I'm going to tell a funny story here. So we're in the hotel. I'm hurting bad. Uh, it's like every time I move real sharply, it's taking the wind out of me. Jeremy Sheffy has a bunch of these muscle relaxers. Okay. Jeremy Sheffy's like, yeah, dude, just take a handful of these things, man. You'll feel great in the morning. So me being me, I'm like, eh, I'm going to take a couple, but I'm not going to take that many. Right. So I'm self-diagnosing myself to, uh, you know, I, I I'm hurting. I mean, I'm hurting and I normally wouldn't do stuff like that. I can flex it, real like it's Flintstones vitamins straight up. And I take a bunch and I'm telling you in the morning, I felt like a limp noodle. I did not feel right did not feel right at all. I was like, 
oh my gosh, I took way too many. It, like it has not run its course. I'm, I'm, this is bad. Okay. Whew. Steve ends up getting hurt. And all of a sudden I'm like, holy crap, dude, I'm the dude. And, and I want to say that that first run I had uh, was in the first quarter. I think it was, it was a big run. It was, it was a, just one of our triple option runs where I ran the belly right. uh, and it was wide open. And I ended up cutting to the left on the sideline there, their sideline uh, got caught from behind, unfortunately. But uh, you know what you're saying about the next horse mentality or the next man in line mentality, you just got to, you got to make it happen. For me at that time, football was getting to the point where I was like, whoa, you know, maybe I might be able to play. We were, we had so much success. Um, and I was getting, I was getting people kind of chatting in my ear a little bit about going to the next level. For me, it was a huge opportunity to showcase, uh, you know, what I could do as a runner because most of the time, uh, and this is no disrespect to the, you know, Calvin McGee or, or, or coach Rod, the play calling, they just, dude, we had two studs. You're not going to run a, uh, you know, you're not going to run a bowling ball all the time when you got two fast guys. So um, I just, you know, you, you got to step up, you got to make the plays. Um, I had, obviously I've done thousands of reps in that offense. Um, and I, it wasn't the same running, you know, as Steve would, you know, a lot of those runs that I probably broke, Steve would have broke to the house. Um, but I was able to move the chains and that's what I always prided myself on. That's, I knew who that, that's who I was. So you got to know who you are as a runner, right? I'm a physical runner. And my goal was, listen, we're going to move the chains when I get the ball. Okay. So I need to get a first down. Those are my mentality, right? That's my, my, yep. that's my job. That's what I want to do. Um, and, you know, if any, everybody remembers that game, or if you don't remember that game, we were down uh, and it was a come from behind uh, win. Uh, what's even crazier. It was the same score at the end as the game last year in the sugar bowl, which was crazy. Uh, Megatron was going off that game. It was a, it was a really good game, but uh, you just, you just got to make it happen for Mathis this week. Um, and that's just a competitive room, right? Everybody, nobody wants to see anyone get hurt. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, you want to do the best you can. And you want your brother to do the best you can, but when it's your time to run, you got to shine. And uh, with the few opportunities that I, I get, I was, I always prided myself in being lucky to have at least one big run in a bowl game. Um, I, 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 had two touchdowns in that game, I believe, and, and rushed for, I, I want to say, like about 100, maybe 110, which was a good day for me. I think I may, maybe had about 10 carries or something, maybe. Um, but you just got to step up and get it done. You know what I mean? And it, it, it's just – it's a football player's mentality, right? Steve Slayton and Owen Schmidt are two completely runners. At, at the heart, we're the same, right? But you got to know yourself. You got to know your offense. Uh, our offense was great with, um, you know, our zone scheme. And a lot of those belly plays that I ran that were inside, I always hit pretty good on those. A lot of those teams didn't really respect me as a runner. Um, and that's what I credit to a lot of my runs. That's why they were so big when I did get the football. I was kind of forgotten in that offense at times. Um, but, yeah, for, for Mathis, this is such a big thing getting to him. This is such a big game for him, like uh, Wes was even alluding to, is, look, man, it's okay to start slow. Here's your opportunity. 
Now come and punch him in the mouth, right? Show everybody who you are. Punch him in the mouth. Yeah, punch him in the mouth, man. Put it on tape. It, it's your time. Uh, same thing with uh, with uh, Justin, correct? Um, you know, both of those guys. But, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, mentality is running. I don't mean to get long-winded here and keep uh, recycling everything. I keep saying all this junk that's flying out of my mouth. But, yeah, you got you to know who you are. And big players make big-time big plays in big-time games. And uh, luckily for me, it was in all three bowl games that I got to really shine. They were big-time games. And, Wes, you know what? Tony Mathis came out of his shell a year ago, really in Fort Worth against TCU, mm-hmm. coming out of the bye. Right. So we're coming out of sort of a half, two thirds by. Let's see if Tony steps up and responds like Owen's talking about. Maybe the case. I mean, you're right. This this might be the time for him. No better time than now for young Tony. Let's go get it done on Thursday night. We're going to take our last break here of the show. We come back on the other side. Tail of the tape, projected scores, all that good stuff as we start to uh, to wrap up this Baylor preview. Wes Euler, Jed Drenning, Owen Schmidt, you are in the gun. I'm talking with J.R. Toothman of Toothman Ford. J.R., everybody knows a lot of pro athletes buy from you. What's the secret? Just like Will Greer, future Hall of Famer Frank Gore, James Washington, and many more pros, these guys have financial advisors that are always looking out for them to save time and money, and that's why they always shop at Toothman Ford. And what if you're like us regular folks that don't have people giving us advice? You don't need a financial advisor. Toothman Ford will save you time and money no matter who you are. Plus, we'll buy your car even if you don't buy from us. Visit ToothmanFord.com and get a quick, instant cash offer. That sounds like a score to me. That's right. And as always, we'll take anything in trade from chicken wings to Super Bowl rings. Toothman Ford's got a lot of fans. Here's another one. Dallas Cowboys QB, Will Greer. This is Will Greer, former West Virginia and current NFL quarterback. And cars really do cost less than Grafton and Toothman Ford. That's a fact, Will. Thanks. You can shop online anytime at ToothmanFord.com. Final segment here as we wrap up this Baylor preview on episode 16 of ITG. As we always like to do, as we start to wind these things down, we'll take a look at when they last met. It uh, wasn't a pretty one last year in Waco, Jed. No, it wasn't. Uh, the things I remember most about it, if you pull up the uh, the graphic and look at the numbers from a year ago, they jumped all over us right out of the chute. Uh, you know, it was the the second play of the game or so. They hit the long score to Thornton. Uh, and, and one of the things I remember is it was a heck of a game plan by Jeff Grimes and that Baylor offense because we were expecting him to come out and really pound the rock. I know I was uh, with that stretch play, that wide zone. And uh, instead, what they did was they came out and they max protected play action off of that. And we had some leverage issues on the back end. We had some communication issues on the back end. They caught us uh, out of sorts from a coverage standpoint, hit some big ones on us. And the next thing you know, we answered that first score, but we just couldn't keep pace. And, and I remember them winning the line of scrimmage on both sides. At the point of attack, they were dominant all day. And uh, what they were doing offensively was dictating the terms because they got that big lead. Then they started with the stretch play. Then they started with the outside zone and we just didn't have any answers. And on the other side of the football, they kept us off schedule and they kept putting us in these third long situations. And you don't want to get in third long against Dave Rand and Ron Roberts because they, they call them creepers. Here come those sim pressures, those simulated pressures. And they do a great job of game planning to attack, attack your protection plan. So what they'll do is they'll come up and they'll show five or six, but only bring four. And you don't know which four. 
So a lot of times you're blocking air and you have wasted resources trying to protect somebody slips free. And meanwhile, they're dropping numbers into coverage. There's nowhere to go with the football. And when you look at these numbers, that's why we were three of 15 on third down. I mean, it just doesn't translate to success. We couldn't run the football. We couldn't stay ahead of schedule. We, we you know, we, we fell behind with the sticks. Uh, it, it was just an ugly football game from the outset. They, they jumped out on us early and we couldn't catch up and they kind of dictated the terms the rest of the day. We, we didn't play a good football game. We did not. We were uh, down 45 to 13 at one point in the, mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. So, so yeah, and they had, I, I pulled up the, the scoring summary here. Uh, 75-yard touchdown play, uh, 29-yard uh, touchdown play, 31-yard touchdown play. A lot of, lot of big plays, a lot of long drives, eight-play, 75-yard drive uh, for Baylor last year. Yeah, that one, uh, that one was not pretty down there in Waco, and uh, certainly we hope that this year is going to be a different story. We'll take a look now at the tail of the tape here, Jed. Uh, you want to start with the WVU defense? I'm going to start with the offense, Okay. West Virginia offense against the Baylor defense. And, of course, one of the things that jumps out when you look at the Baylor defensive numbers here, uh, number two in the Big 12 against the run, 97 yards a game. Uh, again, I don't know if we can make this one for the time capsule running the football, but we have to have at least some pretense of a run game to have success. We, we can't be a one-dimensional offensive football team. We're going to have to run the ball enough to keep them honest. We're going to have to find a way without CJ to get it done. Uh, because once again, you're not going to get a lot of big plays against them with what they do. They keep they do a great job of keeping the coverage on top with those two high safeties and ha- without having to drop a lot of resources and numbers into the box for run fit. So that number against the run is the one that jumps out. Uh, and then from a, a third down perspective, Again, West Virginia is going to have to find a way to have success, unlike we did against Texas. We kind of sagged there. Uh, if you can win on third down, okay, uh, you're going to have to uh, to find a way to keep those drives going because if you're not going to make splash plays, you're not going to make big plays, that means you got to string some long drives together, and yeah. you can't do that without moving the chains and winning on third down. No doubt. No doubt. That's well said. Uh, quick reminder, our tale of the tape here brought to you by our friends at High Street Prints. Make sure you're checking them out, highstreetprintshop.com. Make sure you're going to itgfootball.com, checking out all of our fresh merch that we're rocking here today on the podcast. Uh, other side of that equation, Jed, what stands out when you look at WVU defense versus the Baylor offense as we pull up the graphic here? Okay, now what doesn't surface here is, uh, again, they, they attempt offensively when we're looking at the West Virginia defense versus the Baylor offense they attempt more fourth downs than anybody else in the league, okay? So what that means is it might dictate how they approach things uh, on third and long. I mean, third and 10, a lot of times what you'll do defensively is, I won't understand this, you'll, you'll try, if, if you get a team in offense in third and long, if it's third and 10, third and 12, what you're going to do is bring pressure, force them to run a quick sight adjustment, which might be a slant or some sort of flat route, some sort of quick route, and then rally to the football, make the tackle for six or seven yard gain and force the punt. But with these guys, if you do that and it ends up being fourth and four, they're going to go. So it might dictate the way you call your game. You heard Neil talking about it in his presser. Even if you have an incompletion on first down and it's second and 10, you might need to treat that like first and 10 because they do go for it on fourth down so often. And when you look at their third down numbers, it's, it's kind of unremarkable. They're fourth out of 10 in the Big 12. But again, that, that's a little skewed 
because they're not as often trying to win on third down like an ordinary offense might. So I don't pay as much number to that 43, 44% uh, percentage success rate for them offensively on third down because they're so often playing all four downs. So to me, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, but once again, when you look at, we've talked about this how many times, West Virginia defensively, a strength of ours in recent years was bending but not breaking in the red zone. That hasn't been a strength this year. We have to start finding a way to scratch and claw and limit teams to field goals instead of touchdowns. We've allowed a touchdown on 80% of the opposition's red zone trips. Baylor's pretty good at punching it in. Baylor's third in the Big 12. They average 74% of the time they're in the red zone. They punch it in for a touchdown. We're going to have to flip those numbers if we want to find a way to win this football game. Those are the kind of things, Owen, that jump out to me. Yeah, um, you know, and we're pretty savvy in the the run game too as well on defense. Um, so it will be a battle up front on the ground. Uh, but, yeah, the, the third down percentage, like you were saying, does seem skewed in the red zone. You got to win in the red zone. If we want to be competitive in this league, we have to win in the red zone. And like you were saying, I know they're skewed on the uh, the third down percentage. Um, but more importantly, if not, the, the one that's to me is is the red zone number. We just we can't allow what what's been going on this year. If we can if if we can bend and not break, uh, like you were saying previous years, I think we'll be we'll be all right. But. It's going to be – I don't know what to expect, sort of, because both of these teams right now, you know what I mean? It's kind of it's kind of a toss-up. So uh, having home field advantage, I think, is going to be a big one for us. If we can get that crowd um, riled up on those third and fourth downs, hopefully that will give Mountaineers the advantage uh, in the long run. They turn the football over a touch more than they did last year. But, guys, one of the things they do to avoid turnovers is, I mean, from a quarterback's perspective, here's what ends up happening. When you get knocked off schedule and you're forced into a third long, all the advantages tilt to the defense. That's when you're going to get your most exotic looks. That's when a quarterback's going to try and be more aggressive, maybe hold on to it to let something develop a little longer and get sacked, maybe force something downfield, you know, an ill-advised throw, put it in harm's way, it gets tipped. That's where turnovers come from. But when you're a quarterback directing an offense – that understands and appreciate that you do so often go for it on fourth down. If it's third and 11, Owen, I'm not taking those chances. I'm taking my check downs. I'm going to my quick answer throws, trying to get half of it back, not making those ill-advised throws to put the ball in harm's way. So you're not going to be as inclined to turn the football over as often. It all makes sense. And it's all pretty connected. Yeah. Different mindset for sure by Baylor. Well, I'll be doing my part on third and fourth down on Thursday night. I'll make some noise for the boys, baby. And I'll then I'll have to do my radio show Friday morning and we'll probably have no voice. And that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, as we wrap this thing up, gentlemen, uh, Jed, what's uh, Vegas thinks we think we think. What's the projection here? Again, you're looking at a line that's fluctuated around three and a half. Baylor by three and a half over under in the mid 50s. So the projection would put this somewhere around a 28-24 type game with Baylor on top. I don't know if I necessarily think that's how it's going to unfold, but that's what the projection might suggest just based strictly on the numbers, 28-24. Uh, uh, so, I mean, who knows? But uh, they're, they're not expecting a lot of points. 
so, which makes sense. I mean, Baylor doesn't give up a lot of big plays. We're going to have to drive. We're going to have to be methodical. Baylor offensively isn't quite what it was a year ago. So, and as Owen talked about, we've kind of overachieved defensively against the run. Uh, a lot of moving parts here. But, uh, I mean, I could see something where both teams are in the 20s. It's going to be interesting. Big uh, big swing game, potential season-defining game for both of these programs. And uh, all eyes will be on Morgantown Thursday night, 7 o'clock. Can't wait. Uh, a reminder before we go as we as we wrap this up that this show brought to you by our new friends at Bet Online. Make sure you're checking uh, out betonline.ag for all of your gambling needs. And uh, merchandise reminder, baby. You want some T-shirts. You want some hats. Sorry, yeah. Big O. Yeah, you, UPS. <laughs> UPS would have got it there, Jed. Dot com. <laughs> right here. I did it just to upset you. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'll be wearing this shirt on Thursday, all right? So if anybody sees me in my ITG T-shirt, say hello. Come see me at the fishbowl if you're going to be around. Maybe Big O will be there as well, too. If mine comes in, I'll be wearing mine, too. ITGfootball.com. <laughs> ITGfootball.com. And as always, make sure you're following us on all your social media uh, platforms, networks, channels, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, In The Gun Podcast is where you get us there. Also on YouTube, if you want to see our beautiful mugs, these hats, these T-shirts, Owen's majestic beard, all those good things, uh, In The Gun Podcast, subscribe to us there How on YouTube. How about a little Professor well. Schmidt love on the way out? Oh, wow. Professor we got a, we got a professor. seen what you did there. That's right. HB Blades Schmidt Nemesis. Twitter <laughs> seen what you did there. Is it? It's Prof Schmidt 35, right? It's on Prof Twitter? Schmidt 35, yeah. Make sure you're checking Professor that out Professor Schmidt well, was taken, which is scary enough. Somewhere wow. out there, walking near if there actually a is a Professor Schmidt. So, yeah. What a jerk. Uh, and as always, before we go, the one thing that, that we ask of you uh, is to be an ear and tell an ear about your new favorite WVU football. Oh, and if we get together on Thursday, we're going to take a video of me and you doing the doing the ear thing, uh, baby. Woo! Be an ear, tell an ear. Schmidt happens. All kinds of good stuff for you guys on itgfootball.com. That'll do it for this episode, episode 16. We'll be back with you uh, later on, uh, obviously, for a, for, for a full Baylor recap and uh, and continuing this thing the rest of the way as we go here. Uh, for Jed Drenning and Owen Schmidt, I'm Wesley Euler. Thanks for listening and, uh, and tuning in, as always. Till next time, you've been in the gun. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.